is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0, as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints and have a special guest with me here on the State of the Saints podcast, a good friend of mine uh, from the NFC South versus NFL podcast, longtime Carolina Panthers fan, uh, and just overall good guy, my guy, Mike Riggs. Mike, what's going on, man? What's going on, TJ? And hey, man, thank you for having me on. It's a blessing to be here, man, to talk football. I know we're divisional rivals, man, but you know, hey, it's football. It's all love, man. So thank you yeah. for having me on. Also, check me out at the uh, Mike Ricks podcast, man. Um, I do my own little thing here and there. I know I've been a little missing, but you know, it's still football season, so I'm gonna get back active. Yeah, definitely, man. Check out the Mike Ricks podcast. Uh, you know, make sure y'all check that out. Also, yeah. you know, uh, and you mentioned it, man. I mean, look. We, we're division rivals, but uh, we friends at the same time, and we both right. have passion for our respective teams. And um, looking at week one, both of these teams got the victory, man. Both of these yeah. teams looked really impressive, uh, you know, defensively. Uh, you all got that victory 19 to 14 over the Jets. Uh, you know, New Orleans Saints uh, did their thing versus the Green Bay Packers. Just yeah. want to ask you, man, from a Carolina Panthers perspective, what do you think about your team week one, man? What did you like? about that that young team that you all have out there man did it show a lot of promise in your opinion oh absolutely man I, I loved what I saw from the defense defensively is where I thought our strength would be at from the beginning of the season man um mm-hmm. we're so young we're the second youngest team in the NFL and when you go seven all picks last year in the draft defense and your first pick 
as a defensive player, right. you should be pretty good defensively. Um, so I'm excited, man. One thing that we haven't had in Carolina is an elite secondary. Um, that's something that people saw as a weakness with us, and I believe that we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Um, so, and I like the direction of that. The pass rush, the linebackers flying around. It, it, it was. I, I was very, very impressed with the defense. Um, offensively, we moved the ball. Sam Darnold didn't make a lot of bad mistakes. Um, he took care of the ball, made good decisions, was decisive. Christian McCaffrey looked healthy and got the ball 30 times. You know, that's what he does. And he looked durable out there. Um, right. So our weapons showed up like they needed to. I'm a little iffy on the offensive line. We'll talk about that a little later. And also a guy that came from New Orleans, who I believe potentially is the weakest link in this on this team. And that's Joe Brady. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, it, it was impressive, man. You know, I, I've said this before over the last couple of years. I think you all have had uh, one of the best draft classes, you know, young guys that can learn and grow and develop together. And those guys were on display this past weekend. I think that, you know, chemistry wise is only uh, going to get better. But let's go ahead and talk about uh, Kristen McCaffrey, man. It was up and down season last season. He missed a lot of games. He was dealing with some injuries. Looks like he's back to Christian McCaffrey form. Uh, 98 yards rushing, 89 yards receiving. Like you said, I mean, look, just as much as we as Saints fans lean on Kamara, you guys lean on Christian McCaffrey, man. Do you, did you see uh, anything in Christian McCaffrey that, that tells you that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, he's going to be in that MVP conversation? Um, Absolutely, man. He's hungry. He still looks strong as I don't know what – Um. And, and he's 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 dynamic. From what I'm seeing is he's getting stronger and stronger each year. Some of those runs where he might have gotten stuffed, I wouldn't say stuffed, but not gone forward like he needed to or broken the tackle, he's doing now with power. And right. um, I see he's so hungry because he had time to rest. We, we rely so heavily on him. He touches the ball, like we said, 30 times this past week. So all that time that he had being out of the season last year in the offseason was just rest, I think, was re refilled him to be able to come out and be up for the MVP this year. So yeah. we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm, I think he's going to have a very, very, very good year. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he looks the part. I mean, look, right. 98 yards, <laughs> 98 yards rushing and uh, 89 yards receiving. I mean, that's hard to do. And that just <laughs> shows you, that just shows you how special of a player uh, that he is, man. You know, and you know, me as a Saints fan, I got a lot of respect for that guy. You know, I right. know how much he means to the Panthers. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and talk about uh you know our respected teams. I, I focus on um, from a Saints standpoint. We look at some of these wide receivers the Saints have a lot of undrafted uh, free agents, but at the same time they're starting to find their groove, man. As far as you know, Marquez Callaway, uh, Deontay Harris catching that long fifty-five yard pass, something Saints fans haven't seen in I don't know how long, and uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> and getting the tight ends involved, man. But you yeah. all have a very young secondary with Jeremy Chin. Uh, J.C. Horn, y'all got uh, Jackson out there, and Hassan Reddick, who plays a little bit of linebacker slash safety. So um, what what does the Carolina Panthers secondary have to do to try to neutralize this Saints uh, offense, in your opinion? I say first thing we have to do is stop the run. Mm. If we can stop the run and force Jameis to have to make those plays, 
we can somewhat have a shot. I, I know you have the receivers. One thing about Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints, I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's Marcus Colston. I don't care if it's Michael Thomas. I don't care if it's Callaway. I don't care who it is at receiver. You can be an undrafted guy. You Shoot, it might be even you or me, TJ. <laughs> Sean Payton is so good at scheming these wide receivers to be able to make plays. Callaway destroyed us last year, and we thought we were about to run away with that game because Michael Thomas wasn't going to play. Nice. So what I think we need to do as a secondary is just make sure we don't get beat deep, stay disciplined, stay home, and be able to stop the run. Y'all ran the ball almost 40 times last week, and Kamara is that kind of guy that's just like Christian McCaffrey. I don't want to say this live, but I'm going to say it. My wife, I believe, likes him more than Christian. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> you know, Alvin's so slippery, man. So I think that's key number one. If we can if we can somehow control the run or slow it down and be able to put pressure on Jameis, because he had a lot of time back there, mm. um, I think that's going to help our secondary. And I believe the front seven is going to surprise a lot of people in the NFL this year for Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I look at this wide receiver group. Yes, um, they're young. Yeah, they can be special. And yes, uh, Sean Payton does get the best out of those guys. But Mike, I have to say, I was a, I was a tad bit disappointed this past uh, week when I look at it overall. And, right. You know, they, there was some explosive plays from the wide receivers, but you, you got a lot of production out of the tight ends and also Alvin Kamara. You know, I would like to see uh, more separation from these wide receivers yes. in the game versus Carolina. And when you guys have two guys that can, you know, be those shutdown corners, I mean, Jackson, I mean, he's an athletic guy, and J.C. Horn is as well, and Jeremy uh, Chin is only getting better, you know what I mean? He's a he's that, that hammer out there. So I, I just think that I would like to see more separation from these receivers. Right. I think that you'll see it as, as time goes on once they get a little bit more comfortable within themselves. But, you know, I mean, I think that man-to-man coverage actually uh, got to him just a tad bit. So it wouldn't surprise me if you guys – uh, play a little man-to-man against these guys because uh, from what I've seen out of the Green Bay Packers, I mean, they they kind of neutralized the wide receivers and Jameis right. had to lean on a, a little bit of those tight ends. Luckily, you know, Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman were able to answer the call. But let, let's let's talk a little bit about the quarterback position. Both of these teams uh, had quarterbacks that were uncertain. Both of these guys came from situations that a lot of people were like, is it the quarterback or was it the situation? Right. Both of these guys played well. I'll start with your quarterback, Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold, I don't know what your reservations were uh, when you all uh, got him in the offseason, but what do you think about Sam Darnold in this game versus his former team, the Jets? Uh, do you think there's some promise there? And what does he need to do to be mentioned among some of those quarterbacks that we look at and respect? Great, great question. Um, my reservations for him was I was not a Sam Darnold fan. I, I really didn't. Um, I wasn't for the move. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I just right. wasn't for it. Um, I was able to watch him a lot during um, OTAs, training camp, all of that. I actually went to Spartanburg and watched him uh, practice a couple times. And okay. I saw a guy with confidence. I saw a guy that was hungry. I saw a guy that's life just he got a second chance right. you know we, we're both believers in christ and it was kind of like he was born again uh, <laughs> you know what i'm saying so that's one thing that i did like <laughs> that's what i you know I, I enjoy seeing from him and then being able to see him on the football field he was decisive he, he got the ball out of his hands he didn't look like he saw ghost 
Right. He didn't. And people can try to talk about, oh, he's dinking and dunking, dinking and dunking. Well, if that's what the defense is giving you, why not take that? It does, you don't, I don't care. if he, I think I saw a tweet by you not too long ago, uh, TJ, is that who cares if you can throw the ball a mile if you can't hit, if you're yes. not accurate with it? Yes. If it's going in the dirt, who cares? Yes. What, what, what difference does it make? We want to move the chains and get in the end zone. So if you're able to do that as a quarterback, then that's you. You're doing your job. And he commands the huddle. I'm excited for Sam. I think Sam has potential to show a lot of people that he's going to be in the top half, flirting yeah. with the top 10, yeah. heading towards the future of the NFL. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about what he's, what he's about to do for this team. Yeah. Mike, I had, I had uh, Ross Jackson. He's a Saints report. I had him on the last edition of the show. And I was talking a little bit about – guys resurrecting their career and how football is different from any other sport that you watch man it's like with football nobody wants to give guys opportunities to change the narrative about themselves it's like i started off here no right. matter what the situation is bad coaching bad front office it's that quarterback he ain't yep. never gonna be good it's like or that is that cornerback or it's that running back and they go to another team with a good and, and stable front in like front office and team those guys can get better i don't understand like why in basketball you know like a guy can struggle a couple of years and all of a sudden he gets good the reporters will give them the opportunity fans will give them the opportunity but when it comes to football oh my team just got who oh man he sucked right. he probably sucked or wasn't that good for that particular team it probably because he didn't fit that mode so when you look at somebody like sam donald comes to an organization that is you know you know quarterback friendly often you know what I'm saying trying to be offensive minded puts weapons around you and trying to you know give you one of the best weapons in football and Christian McCaffrey of course you can resurrect your your career and so it's the same thing with Jameis Winston you know people are like oh he threw all those interceptions you know yeah he he did but that doesn't mean that this guy can't be a better version of himself in a better environment I watched a little bit of the game because I was in between uh, that game and also the Falcons game, which was an absolute train wreck. <laughs> but um, I like Mike. I like what I saw uh, out of Sam Donald with his decision making. You know, in, in some of those cases, and I think it's only uh, going to get better. Going to a team uh, that is known for making the playoffs, being a really you know good franchise, and being one of the classes of the NFC South. You know, I uh, I talked this morning on a, on a radio show. I said, man, between the Saints and the Panthers, like we've been a class of the NFC South for the yeah. past decade. I don't care what Tampa did last year. I mean, that was kind of like an outlier. It's right. been these two teams uh, that have been representing the NFC South as being their champions. Uh, but let me ask you about Jameis Winston. I mean, five touchdowns, 148 yards uh, passing, man. Some people are saying, ah, he threw five touchdowns, but not too many yards. So what, what did you see? I, I don't know if you uh, checked out the game or not. Oh, but yeah. what did you see out of Jameis Winston? Uh, did you see a difference in Jameis Winston, him in the Saints uniform? I mean, what were your thoughts on Jameis' performance against Green Absolutely. Green? He felt sure of himself, man. He was confident. Huh. He felt like this was his team. He knew it was his team. Guys were rallying around him. Um, he, he was decisive with his decision-making, whether it was, okay, if I need to take off here, let me take off here, get extra yards. I'm sitting in the pocket. I just I saw him play. And he had a, probably about 10 seconds, TJ, if not longer, to sit there and throw the ball. The problem was nobody got separation, which you talked about earlier, and mm. he didn't force anything. He threw mm. the ball out of bounds over Kamara's head. So we right. lived to play another down. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what I'm seeing from Jamison, this is what I thought. I mean, I, I'm not a big fantasy football guy, but guess who's my starting quarterback? 
Jameis on mm. almost every league. You mm. know why? Because Sean Payton is a coach that can coach talent. This yeah. guy had the talent. You put players around him and you protect him. Man, I'm expecting big things for Jameis Winston, man. I'm expecting really, really big things from him. Um, yeah. he, he looked like the leader, and it, I don't want to revert back to last year. This is this year. But it seemed like your team got new life because there was some plays that couldn't be ran with the former quarterback. Mm. And so now this whole offense is about to open up, and it's going to be very, 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 very dangerous. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so I'm I'm excited about Jameis, man. Um, I know I know the yards of 148, less than 150. I get it. It's not what like a lot of fans like to see. Right. But the ultimate goal is what get the ball in the end zone. Yeah. No matter how you can do it, and he Absolutely. got the ball in the end zone and took care of the ball. So yeah. that's the most important thing. So five yeah. touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's a heck of a ratio. Yeah, and, and Mike, I mean, you you don't sound crazy when you when you talk about uh, you know. Jameis are opening up this offense and the Saints are able to do more things than they could have done last year. I mean, this has been the talk among uh, Saints uh, fans on social media. They've been talking about this, man. They've been talking about the lack of the deep passes and, you know, opening up this uh, this playbook in order for some of these guys to succeed. And I, that's why a lot of the, uh, the fans who were questioning this wide receiver group, I said, man, you need to reserve your judgment because these guys weren't able to do some of the things they probably were really good at because of the lack of arm strength and the, the limitations that Drew had later in his career. I think that it did play a huge role uh, in how the Saints uh, played offensively. And also some of these wide receivers who probably could have did some good things, probably the reason why some of us as fans uh, have uh, these type of opinions about that. But uh, I got a few questions for you, uh, and, okay. and these are from the Saints fans. And thank you all so much. And if you have a question uh, for Mike about the Carolina Panthers, uh, feel free to uh, comment and, and leave your question. This is from Alfred. Uh, Alfred says, so is Sam Donald that much better than Bridgewater? Uh, Mike, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts on that, man? I don't, I, I don't know how you felt about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater on his way out, man, um, on, on my guy Brian McFadden show, All Things Covered. He has some things to say about Y'all two minute drill, man. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts about Teddy? <laughs> your thoughts uh, about Teddy Bridgewater, man? You know, sometimes it's just about personality and fit, man. Do yeah. I think Sam Donald's a better quarterback today? Mm-hmm. I can't say that. When you look at what Teddy Bridgewater did Week One against the Las Vegas Raiders, mm-hmm. it's very it's similar. Sam mm-hmm. Donald and Teddy Bridgewater had almost the exact same stats production. One came out with a win, one came out with a loss, but one was with the worst team, uh, played against the worst team. But it was very, very similar. I just think Teddy's personality for the coaching staff just wasn't a good fit. Um, And I think that was more of the issue. Uh, Matt Rule had some concerns about certain things that Teddy was doing and didn't do that he wanted him to do. And I think Sam Darnold's a guy that's an underdog, and this is kind of like his last shot. So if he doesn't really, really ball out here, so he's going to do absolutely everything that Matt Rule wants done. Um, Teddy also didn't have the luxury of having Christian McCaffrey. So when you look at that situation, it wasn't all on Teddy, man. Teddy Teddy is a heck of a quarterback. I'm not one of those Panther fans that say, oh, it was all Teddy. They they call him Teddy Swater in Panther Nation now, and that's not cool. Um, But – no, I like Teddy, and I'm glad he's in Denver someplace he's happy. And I, I, I guarantee you he's going to be fighting for a playoff spot. 
But yeah. no, I don't think it's much different. I just think he has a stronger arm, which is better for our team right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that a lot of people like Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you have to be rooted for a guy that almost uh, lost his football career and him even playing is a testament uh, to his hard work, his dedication, and his will to just never give up. So, I mean, I I think in this situation, it's not like one of those situations where you just wish a guy all the worst luck in the world. I just think that, like you said, some things just don't work out. It's almost like, you know, a relationship. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that we're not a good fit for one another. You find somebody that makes you happy, and I find somebody that makes me happy. And I think that both teams, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, Teddy Bridgewater going to Denver with a really good defense, and his uh, mind frame, and also Sam Donald coming there, I think it's it's a good match for both guys, and both parties win in, in the end. Uh, I agree. This, this comes from Mike. Mike says, uh, I mean, this comes from Cass. It says, Mike, uh, what do you see of the Panthers' record um, and potential uh, for the year? So what is their record, and uh, what, do you, what do you see uh, as far as your trajectory uh, for the Carolina Panthers in 2021? Um, realistically, yeah. I look at this schedule quite a bit, man. I try not to get over excited because um, there's a stretch here that I really believe we can go on a run and that's early in the season. So right. um, I do think we have potential to get double digit wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking at, you know, a lot of people saying seven, eight wins. I'm looking at more like 10, 10 to 11 wins. I believe that we have a shot. Um, is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. This is the NFL. But when I look at the schedule of playing against one of the worst divisions in football in the NFC least, <laughs> so I have that on the schedule. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, but yeah, I mean, I, I really believe that we have a shot to get close, if not right at 10 wins. So I'm right. looking at about 10 and seven right. is ideal. It, will right. it get us in the playoffs? I don't know, but um, it'll give us a shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I look at, I, I see at least two wins where y'all play the Falcons both times. Yeah, you know? I wanted to go there too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to throw that out there, man. Exactly. <laughs> that train wreck. Um, <laughs> uh, I like to know uh, what defensive improvements the Panthers made in the offseason. Mike, in your opinion, what defensive improvements have they made uh, to make the defense better for Carolina? Oh my goodness! I'm talking. You're talking the defensive line, the pass rush. Oh my gosh! Um, the secondary. Just name it. Every, everyone on the field except maybe the I would say the linebacker position. Um, bringing in a guy like Hassan Riddick that's played with Matt Rule, who is a pass rusher. His very very good pass rusher. He was playing right. out of position most of the time with Arizona, so right. they put him as a drop back linebacker. Now you saw last year. He had like 12 and a half sacks playing his normal position. So to bring mm-hmm. him along with Brian Burns is dangerous. Daquan yep. Jones, that's a guy that we needed to be there with um, Derrick Brown. We thought KK was going to be that guy. He just couldn't be healthy. Derek, uh, Daquan Jones is going to do his job. It's not going to show up in stats a lot, but he is right. going to occupy a lot of people, which will allow our linebackers to fly around and make tackles. Mm-hmm. And along with the secondary, bringing in a guy like J.C. Horn, that's a dog. And y'all know about Joe Horn and you know about the NFL pedigree. Yeah. Him mm-hmm. being able to just go out there and match up man, which we had to do a lot of zone last year, will yeah. allow the pass rush to get there. So defensively, I think all three levels. I believe that this team is heading towards top 10, flirting with top five defense. Yeah. I mean, that's always been your calling card over the last yep. – I say, yeah, over, man, throughout. You know, like you always had a style defense. 
And that's why I said, man, getting these young players to be able to develop chemistry together, grow as pros together, combine that with some uh, some veteran uh, leadership like a Hassan right. Reddick. I think that this is going to be uh, something special. I think you guys can get right back to that defense when uh, Sean McDermott was here. You know what I'm saying? Right. When he was out there handling his business, doing his thing. So, you know, <laughs> I, I like I like your defense, man. I like I right. like when when teams don't go out here in free agency and, and try to break the bank, trying to bring guys in. That's right. I like I like team building franchises because I think that is the recipe for longevity. Like That's you know, right. what I'm saying long term success instead of you know saying short term success. Yeah, and I want to throw a little nugget real quick. We do have A.J. Bouye. I know a lot of people are like, A.J. Bouye is in the past. But when you have him as the third guy as your DB, that that's that's deep for us, for Carolina Panthers fans. So he's suspended, oh, yeah. but he'll be back next game. So that's going to yeah. help out tremendously in our secondary. Oh, yeah, I, I like him, man. You know, I yeah. think he, he lost a little bit of his confidence out there in Jacksonville, you know. But, <laughs> but I, I think I think that, like, if if he gets back to, like, his true form, you know what I'm saying, when he was when he was playing with the Texans, I think he'll be fine. But, right. like I said, I mean, this looks like we talk about with Jameis and Sam, you know, sometimes guys become the better environments where they feel like they believe they can win, and, you know, they get right back to the, the player that they once was, you know what I'm saying, right. because they really feel – that they can win, all they have to do is do their job. And, Mike, this will be the final question for you. This comes from K-Weed. K-Weed says, hey, Mike, not sure if you mentioned this, but what is your opinion on Joe Brady and what do you feel his limitations may be? And I know you wanted to talk about him a little bit, you know, in the first uh, little bit of segment that we had. So go ahead, man. I'll let you talk about Joe Brady, your thoughts about him as the coordinator of the offense. All right. My, my problem is, and I shouldn't be on him too bad, but – my problem is I don't like people crowning people before they get it, before they do anything. This mm. man has never been a true coach in the NFL, but yet he was so this great offensive mind coming into the NFL and was the one of the top sought out coaches to be for a head coach. And I never understood how. What did you do? Um, I understand that you come from the great Sean Payton, but you're not Sean Payton. Can you mm. produce something before you become Sean Payton? Right. What he's shown me. And you look at this game last week, we should have destroyed the Jets. I thought Zach Wilson was going to die. But the problem is <laughs> we could not get the ball in the end zone. Like you all kept moving the ball, moving the ball, and you would score. And it, the, the outcome showed that 30-something to what, three? Mm -hmm. I can. So that's what it should have been for Carolina. Mm -hmm. My problem is we have struggled in the red zone mm -hmm. multiple times. We mm -hmm. cannot go one and four in the red zone and think you're going to beat good football teams. That's not right. how it gets done. And right. that's been my biggest issue is I can see the 20 to 20. That's cool. I think he does a great job between the 20 and 20s. But when it gets down to what we need to put the ball in the end zone, it's horrible. It, 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 mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on with that. And that, that to me is the weakest link on this team because mm -hmm. our defense is going to fly around and make plays. Our special teams is solid. Our offense, we got all the weapons and the skill pieces out there to be successful, but why aren't we getting in the end zone? And a lot of that blame went to Teddy Bridgewater, and it wasn't Teddy's fault. It was Joe Brady, if you ask me, play calling, and he's doing the same thing so far from what I've seen in preseason and game one. So we'll see how this moves forward, but if it doesn't get better, Matt Rule, you're going to have to let him go to USC and coach college somewhere, and you got to bring somebody else in. But my, my opinion on Joe Brady is right now, as you see, I'm kind of hot with him. He's weak as Carolina, if you ask me. Yeah, look, I, I think that he has a lot of promise, but I do right. agree. You know, 
I, I think that's the, the Sean McVay effect. You know, when you're young and you're offensively innovative, everybody just, oh, my goodness, I got to grab him. You know, that's the reason why Cliff Kingsbury got a job. Right. You know, Sean McVay, you know, they say Sean McVay had to, uh, you know, walk in order for Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Brady to run. I mean, so mm. I think he just kind of falls into that tier. But I do agree with you, man. Look, you you got to you gotta handle your business. You know, it, it's almost like the person, you know, being in a room when, when Thomas Edison and Lewis Lattimore invented electricity. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was in the back and had my arm folded. So I, I, I invented electricity, too. I feel like it's the same way with Joe Brady. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You had the binder and, you know what I'm saying, you was in a room when they was coming up with these offensive plays and, yeah, you had a little bit of success, you know what I'm saying, at LSU, but you got to keep that thing going, man. It's not about what you used to do. It's about what you're doing now. Right. But I, I I don't think that, uh, you know, he he's not the answer. I think that you all are going to get better, you know, as time get on, goes on. Uh, you know, coaching in the pros is different from coaching in college. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you pile up those plays in college, your wide receiver about to get about 20 yards of separation. But we'll see, man. I, I won't put you on the spot about a prediction, man, because everybody in the chat liking you, and I know you're going to pick the Panthers over the Saints. So we ain't got to me. Nah, nah, I'm just saying, man. Everybody, everybody, like, man, Mike, cool, man. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead, get get that prediction, get that prediction. I'm, I'm, look, we'll yeah. just end it on well, that. What do you think? How you think the game gonna go, man? Yeah, I think it's gonna be a battle, man. I, I really think it's gonna be a battle. When you look at the teams, you got Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. That to me is pretty much a wash. You got uh-huh. Sam Donner, you got Jameis Winston. That's a wash. Your offensive line is phenomenally better, more and put together than mine. I know you have a couple injuries, but even with that, it's still better than my <laughs> offensive line. I do think our skill positions on the outside wide receiver is better. Uh, when it comes to the defense, you guys are more proven than we are, but I do like what we are as far as competition with that. I think it's going to be very, very on par. So I think this is going to be a battle. It's going to come down to the wire. I can see it being maybe a, a, a definitely a one-score game, maybe three, couple points like that. Um <laughs> Eight out of nine, y'all. You won eight out of nine. So for me to jump on this and say we're definitely going to win this football game, I can't say that. So I'm going to be real. This is a game that I had down as a loss. Mm. Um, I think the New Orleans Saints, today, even with all these injuries and the COVID stuff that you all have, I want to pick Carolina. But that's never stopped Sean Payton from still winning football games. Yeah. Next man up has always been what he does. Right. So Panther Nation is going to kill me for this. But I think we lose. I think we lose a close game by three, but we're going to get better from it going on towards in the future. So that's yeah. that's my projection. Congratulations, Saints. Y'all are 2-0. and <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I, I think that look, I, Carolina, to me, is one of those teams I feel like flying under the radar. I, I really do. But like the Saints, I, you should be happy as a fan. Like, seriously, yeah. I don't want like I don't want to hear I great the Saints. So I don't want to hear about what they do well. Let me fly under the radar so those players can feel like they got something to prove. I will gladly be the underdog. And I just feel like these are two teams that, man, it would not surprise me that be playing for playoff positioning in the end. Because, I mean, it takes some time for teams to start to jail. I think that the advantage that the Saints have, Mike, is the the cohesiveness. You know what I'm saying? These guys have been together for a while. So I think that the same thing like a Lattimore and a Williams, you know, them being drafted together, you know, they develop that chemistry and that camaraderie. I think that you all are growing to be that. And I'm looking forward to uh, both teams and what they're going to do this season. But, Mike, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it, man. 
and uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you and also about your podcast, the Mike Rick Podcast. Yeah, man, you can follow me um, on Twitter. Um, it's uh, Mike Rick Zero Seven. Mr. Ricks is where I'm at, or Coach Mike. Um, you can also follow my YouTube page, uh, Mike Rick's Podcast. I'm strictly care. I'm not just strictly Carolina. I talk about other sports, but mainly uh, Carolina Panthers. Also part of the NFC South versus the NFL. Um, you know, but 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 mainly Mike Rick's podcast. Check me out. Um, but I'm not by if you if you notice and in this conversation, I, I'm not just one of them, what you call them try hard fans. I'm I'm really <laughs> unbiased. Don't get me wrong. I'm a diehard Panther fan, but I try to be unbiased and look at this thing from a from a football aspect because mm. I played the game just like TJ. So we 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 understand the game of football. So yeah, yeah. But y'all can check me out there. But of course, anytime TJ, man, you know you're my brother from another mother, man. I. Yep. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to even come on here and chat it up with you on your platform, baby. Man, no, no doubt about it, man. And, and I, I just know that the type of person that you are, man. And I appreciate that. And I, I, I appreciate your authenticity and, and your realness. You know what I'm sure. saying? Because some people are like my team gonna go undefeated every year. I'm not that. One, I'm not one of those people either, man. Like right. people get mad at me, you know what I'm saying, for some of my takes. But I'd rather be real. If you to love me for who I am, then you know what I'm saying. You know, and hate me, you know what I'm saying. Then you know then be like, okay, man, he telling me everything I want to hear. That's not, that's not who I am. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's going to go a long way, but Mike, thank you so thank much, you. man. I, I appreciate that. And, and, and good luck to your Panthers uh, and your podcast down the road, man. Appreciate that. You too, baby. Hey, it's going to be a war Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, hey, you already know I'm be hitting you up anyway. Oh yeah, Win, lose, or draw. I, I ain't going to go missing. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what Falcon fans do. Yeah. That's Absolutely. what Falcon fans, they, they go missing. <laughs> they fly away baby they fly away exactly <laughs> yeah you take care man all right you too baby all right yeah that's my guy mike ricks man shouts out to him <laughs> that's my guy man like uh you know we've done podcasts together you know i respect the heck out of you know people that can look at the team objectively you know and, and really give a, a strong take i mean because as a you know so as a fan you want your team to win every single week right we we want to see the New Orleans Saints win every game. But, you know what I'm saying, we know most likely that's not going to happen. So to be able to objectively break down your team, uh, talk about the strengths and the weaknesses of that team, uh, to be able to find out, oh, what can I do better? You know, I think that, you know, that's that's a recipe for uh, great content as well as uh, being truthful uh, to everybody that, that checks out your show. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I'm um, going to answer a few of your questions. So if you have some questions about the Carolina Panthers versus New Orleans Saints game, feel free uh, to chime in. Uh, if you want to talk uh, Saints football, uh, feel free to do that uh, also. But right now, um, I got to look up the individual. And I, I reached out to this individual. Some of you probably know this past weekend, uh, the post-game show of the State of the Saints podcast, we had a contest. And, uh, you know, we I asked people to uh, give me the answer to the trivia question, uh, which was uh, who was the first ever uh, draft pick uh, by the New Orleans Saints. And uh, I said the first person that gives me the answer uh, on, in my email, uh, I will send them a gift courtesy of uh, Manscaped.com. And um, I'm trying to look for this person's name. And I want to give a special shout out to Dre Day Thompson. Dre Day Thompson, who gave me uh, the right answer to my question, who was Les Kelly. So I didn't get his information, but Dre Day Thompson, if you're looking at the State of Saints podcast, 
uh congratulations to you uh you receive a gift from manscape i just need you to email me uh your name and your address so i can send out your gift man so congratulations to you don't be discouraged if you didn't uh, win this week uh we still have some other things that we're going to be giving out some t-shirts uh some more gifts from manscape so keep it locked right here to the state of the saints podcast to find out how you can win uh, a gift from manscape.com as well as a gift from the state of the saints podcast so Let's go ahead and I'll read some of these questions. Uh, Gigatis says, uh, thank you for the great show today, gentlemen. Such a good way to start off the day. Yeah, man, you know, um, I, I, you know, I have so much respect for Mike. You know, I have so much respect for his takes. And, you know, I, I just like the way that he, he, he approaches football. I like the way he breaks down football. And I like the realist that he is. He speaks from a passionate perspective and a real perspective at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like some people are just out there in the clouds, you know what I'm saying? No matter how bad their offense, their defense is, no matter what limitations their team has, they feel like they're going to go undefeated. Realistically, you don't want to bet against your team. It's unfortunate that you do, but if you feel like your team is dealing with some issues and they're going up against a team that's, you know, can play in a little bit better, doing a little bit better, there's nothing wrong with you looking at a game objectively. That, that's all I'm saying. Um, you know, that's why I have respect for individuals that can go on that platform and be real, walk away from the microphone and be like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? that That's it right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know people ain't gonna like what I said, but I, I spoke from my heart. So uh, jump out. Jay says, I got respect for players on the Panthers via LSU players. Yeah, man, I got a lot of respect for like I, like I said this before, Jay, um, jump, jump out. Carolina Panther fans, I can kind of, I can tolerate them. I mean, I live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is three hours away from Charlotte. So I, I see my fair share of Carolina Panthers fans. I never see them being like mad disrespectful. I can be out here with my Saints stuff on. You know, you don't never see them being mad, disrespectful, or whatever like that. You know, they'll say, you know, something like, oh, you're a Saint fan, you know, but they, you know, joke around, say the Panthers gonna beat them. I mean, you know, stuff that you normally would see, but it's never like these delusional cowboy fans or some of these other delusional fans like the Philadelphia Eagles and stuff like that. Like some of these fans are like way out there with their takes and I get it. But, you know, I mean, Carolina Panther fans to me, you know what I'm saying, are tolerable. Being out here in Myrtle Beach, uh, being out here in South Carolina and dealing with them on a consistent basis, I never like see them like being mad disrespectful. Uh, so I got respect for them. Uh, Javon says, uh, your Saints, uh, nice, bro. Uh, this is going to be a close game. Yeah, Javon, you know, I, I think the Saints are nice. You know, I think that they're a really good football team. I, I think that if they go out there and they play as a team like they did last week and they play with emotion and passion, good pad level, and uh, play with intensity, they'll be just fine. But I, I never can – I mean, I'm trying to think, man. I mean, yeah, we couple weeks, 17 games – but it's never like to a point earlier in the season where I can just remember the Saints blowing out the Panthers. Now, there have been times where they blew out the Panthers, but it was like late, like last game of the season when probably Carolina over the last couple of years was saying Kane Coon on three. So, <laughs> you know, but besides that, early in the season, I can just remember these guys fighting. I can remember like holding my breath um, for a sly 60-yard field goal not to go through. So, I mean, these two teams really – bring out the best in one another so yeah uh brian says playstation 5 giveaway well when the playstation 5 giveaway come around let me know because i need one 
Thomas says, good morning, TJ. Who that number one? Yeah. Hey, good morning to you, Thomas. Thank you, man. Thank you for being here. Uh, Earl Bro says, what up, TJ? What's going on, Earl? Appreciate you being here. Javon, uh, say your number. Let's see. And Malcolm says, last few years, uh, how have the Saints played Carolina? When Jameis uh, plays against the Panthers, he sometimes struggled when he was with the Bucks. Malcolm, that is true. And that's something that you have to take into account. But I will say this. I think schemes and, and play calling is, is it plays a huge role in how a guy plays the game, how he approaches the game. And some people would look uh, towards the last game. I think he played Carolina. I want to say they played in London, Malcolm. And I think why well, he had like five turnovers in that game or something like that. So, look, I'm not looking past the Carolina Panthers. I'm not looking past the fact that, uh, you know, they can bring out the worst in Jameis if possible, if they play their game. But I do think that schemes matter. And I would like to see him uh, when Sean Payton is making some making some calls in some of these games before I just say, oh, you know, what I'm saying he struggles. Yes, he did. But that's a completely different team. That's a con- uh, completely different offensive philosophy It's different when you go to a different team. So, Malcolm, you could be right. That's something that you need to bring up. That's something that needs to be accounted for. But I would like to see it in a Saints uniform before I just say that they have his number. Arian system, no risk it, no biscuit. Uh, he's not a quarterback whisperer. Jameis is just now being coached by a good quarterback with a top-notch organization. Gigatis, that's a good point right there. Um, me personally, um, looking at, looking at um, Jameis Winston in a Saints uniform, looking at how he plays, how he's approaching the game, how uh, Sean Payton is talking about how cerebral he's becoming, trying to win against the defense using your mind more so than using your arm. I think that that is a great thing for Saints fans to hear because it's it's telling me as a fan that Jameis is trying to figure it out. I didn't say he has figured it out because we're only one game in, but he's trying to figure it out. So it's a good look and it's, it's a good thing for Saints fans. Um, as far as uh, Bruce Arians, um, look, I'm not trying to discount Bruce Arians. He has won where he went. But we have to take into account every great quarterback, every good quarterback that he has had, has had a high number of interceptions. I say this on the show all the time. And it's not to discount Bruce Arians. and It is not to make him look bad. It is not to say that he's not a good coach because he is a good coach. You know, but the thing about it is, I think we have to address what he did, what he does to these quarterbacks. Even when Andrew Luck was drafted by the coach, Chuck Pagano left the organization due to the fact that he was dealing with an illness. I think he was battling cancer at the time. Bruce Arians became the assistant coach and they went to the playoffs. I think they played the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. I think Alex Smith was still a quarterback at the time. I could be wrong. Don't, don't hold me today. But Andrew Luck in that game in the first half looked like hot garbage. I think he may have like four turnovers, six total in the whole entire game. But they end up still winning the game because Andrew Luck is a warrior. And he went out there and he was able to orchestrate a comeback. I think a lot of these guys we tend to forget about because the everybody's been talking about how great they are. Big Ben Roethlisberger is one guy. Uh, Carson Palmer is another guy. Uh, you know, like... Uh, Peyton Manning is another guy. And I'm not saying this stuff, you know what I'm saying, for, to beat it in anybody's head. I want people to put it into perspective. And I want you to understand 
that where you land, you know, where you land as far as a team, it matters. How a coach coached you matters. And sometimes, like, we, we hear all of these prognosticators, these scouts coming out saying, oh, he has all the arm strength. He can make all the throws. They probably can't. But you have to put that into perspective. You have to. You can make all the throws. But if you don't have that coach to be able to put you in positions to succeed, making all the throws will not matter. It will not matter. You have to be able to have a coach that can help you think outside of the box, help you to become a cerebral quarterback. That way you can become a better quarterback. Because, look, if you're a starting quarterback in the National Football League, if a team is putting their billion-dollar organization in your hands, you have to be able to play football a little bit of football okay you got to be in order for you to be in the nfl you got to be able to play there are some quarterbacks better than others i mean we can go down the list okay i'm not saying oh you know what i'm saying if you don't have patrick if you have patrick mahomes versus having i don't know uh kirk cousins it doesn't matter yes it does but at the same time i think that it's beneficial for a guy like patrick mahomes to have andy reed as his quarterback coach and as his head coach, it helps him become a better quarterback. So that kind of stuff matters. Where you go, where you land, who coaches you matters. It matters to your the success that you're going to have, rather short term, or if you have a good organization around you, your success long term. So yes, it definitely does matter. So I think we need to take that into account. I'm going uh, to uh, stroll up a little bit, and Chris... Uh, thank you very much. Chris says, uh, TJ, uh, what do you think about all the injuries we uh, have going into this game? Uh, Chris, I'm not a fan of it, but I will say this. Um, if, if I had a choice having injuries early versus having injuries late, I would take them early because it's still early in the season and you can get some of these guys back. Look, football is you know what I'm saying it's the battle of attrition right you know what I'm saying like the injuries are, are going to happen it's going to happen it, it's like you know what I'm saying it's like you know raining outside or the sky being blue or the grass being green it is it, it, natural in the national football league what a coach and an organization has to do is to make accommodations and to understand that those injuries are going to occur that is why it's so important for you to have depth on your team and if you're in a situation like the New Orleans Saints where you're dealing with cap issues, you want to make sure that your scouting team is going out there, finding these diamonds in the rough, which the Saints have been doing over the last couple of years. So those guys can serve as depth and be able to go out there if somebody is to get hurt and do a formidable job. I'm not going to say do an above average job because there's a reason why you're not a starter, but to put them out there to do their job in order for the Saints to be able to come away with a victory. Look, I'm not one of those people that care about blowouts that much. Do I like to see blowouts? Absolutely. Does it put my mind at ease when I see a 38-3 victory by the New Orleans Saints? Absolutely. But am I, am I naive enough to believe that this is going to be a reoccurring thing week in, week out by the Saints? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Nobody cares about the score at the end of the day nobody cares the only thing that's going to matter around week eight or week nine is that the green bay packers lost to the new orleans saints the saints beat the packers nobody cares about the score when it comes to that regard all the saints have to do is have one point better than the other team and that is one week closer 
to some of your seasoned veterans, your starters coming back. So is it alarming? Is it concerning, Chris? Absolutely. But at the same time, if you go out there and you coach a really good game, you scheme a really good game, and you get that victory, no matter how it looks, ugly or pretty, it's still one week away from your starters coming back. It's still a week closer to seeing Michael Thomas. It's still a week closer for Lattimore to be more uh, healed up. It's closer to seeing Davenport back on the field. It's closer to seeing Ayamada after his suspension. So a win is a win. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all that matters. Depth does matter, but you want to make sure that you have the best pieces in place in order for you to, in order to get that victory. So, yeah, I mean, it's alarming, but I believe in this team. Brian says Atlanta Falcons are not going to win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's not going to happen. Hell no to the no, no, no. Um, Look, Brian, anybody can beat any team on any given Sunday. I mean, look, the worst team can beat the best team on any given Sunday. But the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, that was God awful out there. I, I feel bad for the Falcon fans that had to sit there. You're paying your hard-earned money to go out there and see your team put up three points. That's embarrassing, man. That's that's absolutely embarrassing. They ought to be ashamed of themselves for having an entire offseason, for having preseason training camp, and for you to know that you're going to be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles football team all offseason training camp preseason and go out there and just put up six points. Just put up six measly points. That is absolutely pathetic. And they should be ashamed. They, they, they should be ashamed. Now, do I feel like they're going to be this horrible every single week? No, I do not. Do I feel like they're going to get better? Probably so. But they have a lot of issues out there in Atlanta. And I, I said this before on the show. I just feel like the Atlanta Falcons don't have an identity. The Atlanta Falcons don't have an identity. They're always trying to copy off other teams and what they actually see. They're always trying to turn themselves into something that they see as successful. You have to find your own lane. You have to be able to find your own identity. Yes, teams, you want to beat the teams in your division. Yes, you draft for the teams in your division because if you win a division, you make the playoffs. But at the same time, I can look at every single one of these teams in the NFC South and I can tell you what their identity is. When it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, I can't tell you. I mean, it's whoever is hot. You know what I'm saying? Whoever relevant. Let's go ahead and run that. That seems like that could work for us. I don't think that that's a good look. So Atlanta Falcons need to find out who they are as a team. Are they a running team? Are they a team that's going to play good defense? Are they a team that's going to uh, work on clock management? Are they just going to be one of those teams that tell Matt Ryan to play conservative and leaning on the running game? They're going to have to figure it out. Because as of right now, this is a team with no face. I don't know what to call the Atlanta Falcons. But, I mean, as a Saints fan, I mean, I, you're not going to hear me crying for them. I just feel bad for hardworking people that invest in teams. Rather, I like the team or not. And for them to go out there and put on that lackluster, uh, very terrible performance when you had a whole offseason to figure out that you're playing against Jalen Hurts. I mean, you could, at this particular time, I mean, you can go back to when you were playing at Alabama to try to scheme against him. It just, tells, it just tells you how unprepared this team was, and that's a testament to the new head coach, Arthur Smith. 
Uh, Big Sean PD says, TJ, I got to be real. I have mixed uh, feelings about this game. All I know is uh, they don't stop our run game. We will win. That's a good point, uh, Sean. You know, um, them stopping our running game is extremely important. Uh, the Saints uh, offensive line is one of the best in football. I like to say they are the best in football. So they got to be able to stop. Uh, you know, they got to be able to stop Alvin Kamara and uh, Tony Jones Jr. But at the same time, the Saints going to have to stop Christian McCaffrey. And I think that's hard to do, who that nation. Look, you may not like it. You may not want to accept it. But Christian McCaffrey is just as valuable as Alvin Kamara is to us. And we know that Alvin Kamara is hard to stop. And so is Christian McCaffrey. I just think that Christian is going to get his carries. He's going to get his touches. I just think that the Saints are going to have to neutralize certain things. You're going to have to wrap them up, right? You know what I'm saying? He catches the ball. You know what I'm saying? You got to make sure that you're, you're tackling this guy. The tackling is crisp and sure and, um, you know, and run the football and get the heck out of there with a victory. Pammy giving a shout out to Gigatis. Saints 01 says, I believe the Saints will thrive. Sean Payton and Winston is a perfect fit. Just like I'm saying it now, Roby is a perfect fit in New Orleans. Look, the perfect fit for every player that's getting traded or getting signed uh, is a team that is a winner that they're going to. If you get traded to a winner, if you get picked up by a winner, it changes your mind, right? Because if you're in a football purgatory, if you're in the, uh, I don't know, if you're in Miami land or if you're in, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, some of these other teams, New York Jets, uh, Giants, if you're in that purgatory, you know for a fact nine times out of ten, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not going to go out in front of the media and say, oh, man, we suck, we're not going to make the playoffs. But behind closed doors, those guys know that. And I just feel like, you know, even on the same side, Janoris Jenkins. I think a lot of people forgot how good that guy was because he was wasting away. You know what I'm saying? He was on an island of misfit toys with the rest of the New York football giants. I'm sorry, New York. It is what it is, man. Y'all, y'all team is terrible. I think what y'all had like 18 wins total uh, since that whole boat trip uh, going into the game versus the Packers. I mean, it, it just got awful out there. It's a football purgatory. The Jets, football purgatory. These are teams that are not, known for winning these are some losers you know what i'm saying new york football as of right now are loaded with a bunch of losers and teams and players understand it and they're not going to risk it all for a team that they know for a fact is not going to go out there and risk it all in order to put them in the best position to succeed so when they go to another team and they go to a franchise that is known as a winning culture and they're known for winning and making the playoffs on a consistent basis it ups their game because they feel like, hey, all I got to do is my job. If I do my job, we are going to win. If I do my job, I know for a fact we're going to make the playoffs. I am going to go out there and give it my all. Players, when they go to teams, it resurrects them when it, when a team is known as a winner. So I, I just think that Roby coming to the New Orleans Saints, coming from the Houston Texans, and look, we know what's going on. I'm not going to get into all of that. Y'all y'all know what's going on with Deshaun Watson and what's happening with that. The Houston Texans, new head coaching, uh, you know what I'm saying, quarterback Tyrod Taylor, young players losing J.J. Watt, who has been the heart and soul of your team over the past decade. It, it, it's, it's just a new it, it's just a new regime there. You know what I'm saying? DeAndre Hopkins getting traded for a box of jelly beans. So there's a lot of issues going on in Houston. 
And him coming to New Orleans, I think that is going to uh, resurrect his career. And I think people are going to have an appreciation for how good this guy uh, really is. So Aaron says uh, Falcons took uh, Richie Grant over the best safety in the 2021 draft. Yeah. And, and Tremont Mori. Uh He says, uh, I don't feel bad uh, for the franchise. Look, I didn't say anything about feeling bad for the franchise. <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for the Falcons uh, as an organization, staff, and mother-loving crew. Uh, I don't. You know what I'm saying? I feel bad for fans that work hard and have to subject themselves to this, to the, to the nonsense that comes from these organizations, whether I like the team or not. You know what I'm saying? It's still about spending your hard-earned money. Do I care that they lose? No, but I would like for them to put a better product on the field, any team, right? If you had a team that had a lot of grit, a lot of heart, I can roll with going to the game and them losing by a field goal. I can deal with the fact, you know what I'm saying, that they're there to the very, very end. It's going to hurt my heart. It's going to frustrate me, but I can respect the fact that they're still trying hard. This, what they put on the field this past weekend, that wasn't trying hard. That was a pathetic excuse of a football performance that they put out there. And Matt Ryan is rather Matt Ryan just don't know the offense or he just absolutely positively washed. I- I'm sorry. Matt Ryan looks like a, a old rundown beat up quarterback. You know, I mean, it is what it is. And, and you have like Falcon fans out there that's putting up Doppler radars and they putting up uh, PowerPoint presentation trying to uh, prove to the masses that Matt Ryan is a great quarterback and he's one of the greatest of all time. When, like, honestly, man, like the dude looked like straight high garbage out there. He, he does. He looks like straight up high garbage. And I don't care if you're the biggest uh, Matt Ryan apologist supporter that you can find on this side of the Mississippi. You have to admit to yourself, the guy looked beat down, old, and washed up. And um, if this is any type of indication on what this season is going to look like for him, you might want to find yourself a backup plan and a hell. You might even want to think about even benching this guy. I'm, I'm dead serious. That's how bad uh, he looked out there. You know what I'm saying? And we can talk about the offensive line, but hey, bro, um, he looked washed. I'm sorry. He does. He, he definitely does. If Jameis Winston played like he did uh, the Packers uh, and he does what he does to the uh, Panthers, then thumbs up. Still have my doubts about Jameis Winston on turnovers. Look, I'm not knocking you for that. Okay, everybody's on cloud nine right now. We're like, hey, Ray, he won. He won, man. He'll beast. We're on cloud nine right now. But this is a long season, and I'm not knocking anybody for still having their reservations. And people will scowl and get mad, and they'll be like, man, man, what do you got to do? What do you got to do? Like, you got to win. Okay? I mean, look. I mean, right now, you know what I'm saying? You got some mouthwash in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? You know how you brush your teeth. You know what I'm saying? You get that mouthwash. You get that fresh breath. Right? It's cool, right? It's cool. Once you brush your teeth, once you put the mouthwash in, you walk out of the bathroom, you got fresh mouth. Right? You might talk to your wife, talk to your husband. Ooh, girl. you. Ooh, man. Your breath smelling real nice. Go downstairs, eat some breakfast. Guess what? Guess what you got to do? Man, you got to get a mint or something like that because it's going to wash away all of that freshness. You play good one week, you know what I'm saying? That's cool, right? But you got to follow that up with another performance. 
So I can I can understand how you feel about this. I can understand how some Saints fans may feel about this. You have to be consistent. It's not the first time we've seen uh, Jameis Winston throw for four touchdowns. It's not the first time we've seen him play really, really well. You got to follow that up with a peak uh, above average performance. You know, I'm not expecting for him to throw five touchdowns every week, just like my guy J.D. John DeShazer said when he was on the show. But I do expect consistency at the quarterback position. And if he can bring that consistency there, I think the Saints will be just fine. But I'm not knocking anyone for saying, oh, man, I'm just going to reserve my judgment because it's only week two. There's there's 15 more games to play after these after this week. So you have to make sure that you're bringing that type of intensity, that type of passion, those type of skills and being that cerebral to the field every single week. And if he does that, then maybe we'll have ourselves a different conversation. But look, you're you're entitled to your opinion and you're not going to hear an argument from me. That's fair. Kai says, uh, no score predictions, just uh, want another Saints win and just uh, keep building momentum throughout this season. Yeah, Kai, I, I agree with that. Kai, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't, I, I won't do the prediction here today. I'll do it, make, I'll make sure I do that on my, on my prediction show uh, on uh, tomorrow. But here's the thing. Um, I just want to see consistency. That's, that's all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like what I'm seeing. I like the consistency uh, that I'm seeing from the New Orleans Saints defensively, you know, because I just think that that's a quarterback's best friend when they're young in a system or they're young in the league. You need yourself a defense. A defense is going to be able to compensate for some of the limitations uh, that that quarterback may have while he's learning the system, while he's learning to be a pro. You can lean on that defense and the running game in order for you to generate success. If they do that, they'll be just fine. I would just like to see consistency. Right now, we're happy because we got that win, and the Saints look really, really good. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you got to keep that up, okay? You got to keep you got to keep it moving. You got to keep it moving. Um, I want to take this moment right now uh, to thank the uh, fine folks at Manscaped.com. You already know that Manscaped is the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, make sure that you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints. You will save 20% off of your purchase. So thank you to all the fine folks at manscaped.com. Uh, and also want to thank the fine folks at mybookie.com. Uh, you go to mybookie.ag, uh, mybookie.ag, and you can place your bets. Uh, bets as low as $10. You use the promo code uh, SOS. Uh, you'll be able to save some money. Uh, you know, there are different giveaways. There's a $500,000 giveaway that they're having right now. Uh, you know, like I said, all you have to do is uh, put down uh, $10. You'll be able to uh, be a part of that. So use that promo code SOS for mybookie.ag. Thank you to those fine folks who are also a sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. But let's go ahead and get back to the questions and then we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up. Uh, Ray Ray says, anyone notice uh, in the highlights how excited that kid was after seeing Winston throw Harris that deep ball? Yeah, you know, the guy with the Michael Thomas jersey on. You know, he had his hands on his face, uh, Macaulay Calkin style. You know, man, like, uh, yeah, he was extremely excited. I mean, he was as excited as us as Saints fans because we, you know, that, that pass didn't just represent a touchdown, not the Saints fans. It represented possibilities, right? possibilities that we were very skeptical that we would actually see when Drew Brees was a quarterback 
And no, this isn't a knock at Drew Brees. And I don't feel bad about saying this, folks, because even Deontay Harris in the last interview that he did, he said no disrespect to Drew Brees, but Jameis uh, has a way, you know what I'm saying, of doing certain things and bringing something to the offense that we weren't doing when Drew was here, okay? Even the players say that. Even the players have went on record saying that, and they know that. And deep down inside of your heart of hearts, when you know what I'm saying, I understand how you feel about Drew. Oh, I can't talk. You can't talk about him. Don't talk about him. You can't talk about Drew. Look about all the good things he did. What about all that? What about all the touchdowns? What about all the yards? Look, nobody's knocking Drew for any of those things. Drew is the greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. But let's be real. Let's put this thing into perspective. Jameis Winston gives the Saints a dynamic that has been missing from this offense for a very long time. His ability to get the ball down the field. And some people may not want to hear this either. He can get the ball down the field better than Drew could. Even when Drew was in his prime. Yes, I said it. Even when Drew Brees was in his prime, Jameis can get the ball down the field further, you know what I'm saying, than he can. You know what I'm saying? Like he has certain skills that Drew Brees didn't have. The one thing that Drew, that we love him for, is he took a little and made a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, this man went straight, you know what I'm saying, feeding the multitudes, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, breaking it and then multiplying it. He took a little bit of what he had, and he multiplied it. He turned what a lot of people would consider an average quarterback play into something that's just elite. And that's something that made him special. Jameis Winston, coming off the bus, possesses certain skills that Drew Brees does not have. The possibilities are endless with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what that touchdown pass represented, the possibilities, something that we seen that was missing. And a lot of us felt like that kid in the crowd, you know, because we, we seen, man, this can be something special. And it also represents a way that the defenses have to approach Saints games from now on. Sorry, folks, it may not be the most popular thing to say on the State of the Saints podcast. I understand that some of us attend the first church of Drew Brees and all praise and all honor to the almighty Drew Brees. But it is what it is, man. Um, this guy gives the Saints a, a, a better offensive uh, weapon, and that's that's his skill set. Sorry. I mean, honestly, on a third and six, I, I'm, I'm just being real, on a third and six, would you would you think about seeing Drew Brees scrambling for a first down? No, you know what I'm saying. Like, would you see Drew Brees? Like, like it's just certain things that he that he did. You're like, okay, man. Like, okay, I like this. It is what it is, man. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Troy says uh, I was on record with saying uh, Winston will have a big year, and I'm still on record saying that. Troy, uh, yeah, you know. He looked good out there, but like I said, you got to be able to follow that up. Got to be able to follow it up. Peyton Turner gets to start uh, with number 90, a little uh, banged up. I know Mr. Soft not playing. Uh, look, some guys are just faced with bad luck. Um, I think it's unfair for us to call these guys soft because, I mean, a peg injury. You know what I mean? Like, like, I'm pretty sure Marcus Davenport wants to play. It's not like... Oh man, well, I can't play. You know, like some people are just faced with bad luck. And he's one of those guys. I mean, Kevin White is a guy who's faced with bad luck. Uh Bob Sanders, uh, their great safety for the coach all those years, were just faced with bad luck. They got the skills, they got the talent, 
but they just can't stay healthy. And there's no fault of theirs. You know what I'm saying? If you're going out there battling in the trenches, you don't want to get hurt. You know, like, so I'm not going to knock the guy, you know what I'm saying, for being hurt. Is it a setback? Is it frustrating as a fan? Yes, it's a setback. And yes, it's frustrating for fans. But it's not like the guy just don't want to play. And on when he does play, he does uh, he, he, he does uh, make an impact. So, you know, as far as Peyton Turner is concerned, um, I'm, I'm happy to see that he's going to hit the field. He was a healthy scratch last week. I just think that it had a lot to do with him getting acclimated to the playbook. But let's be real, Saints fans. Let's be real. The reason why Peyton Turner is here, why do you think he's here? He's here because of what has happened to Marcus Davenport. That, that's why he's here. If Marcus Davenport wasn't always getting hurt, if Marcus Davenport wasn't always not in the lineup, Peyton Turner would not exist on the Saints team. And I think the Saints got him for this reason alone, because they felt like he cannot sustain a level of help throughout the entire season. So having Peyton Turner drafting him in the first round, as much as we didn't like the move, I was one of them. It makes sense. It makes sense, you know. The best ability, the best ability is availability. And if you're not a, a, able to be there, then um, you know, yeah. Mario says, uh, man, I've seen uh Drew Brees at the age of 40 hit a uh spin move on two Falcons uh to a touchdown. So miss me with that. Yeah, you know, yeah, he did. <laughs> but here, here's the here's the reality. How how shocked were you when you saw that happen? And even with that, he didn't want to run. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, that was like the last resort. That was like the last option. Like, he wasn't looking to run. He was still looking. And then all of a sudden, he was like, oh, man, I got to try to get in his end zone. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the, the Drew Brees spin move was good. It was special. It was exciting. But it was few and far in between. But I don't feel like it's going to be the same way when it comes to Jameis. Do I think Jameis is going to be channeling his inner Lamar Jackson? No. Uh, but do I feel like Jameis uh will tuck the ball down and run if if he needs to absolutely so you know i mean it it is what it is you know so i mean i i just think that Jameis gives the saints a a different type of dynamic i'll read two more then we'll get up out of here uh i think this is uh eli eli the ghost says uh drew don't have to run he never was a running quarterback uh he doesn't have to run but at the same time, look, if you're trying to sustain drives, sometimes you have to run. And Drew Brees has run before. You know what I'm saying? Like in his in, in, in his uh like early years with the Saints. Like if he needed to pick up a first down on third and two, I would see Drew Brees scramble for the first down. You know, I would see that. You know, like, but am I like I I want people to understand and put things into perspective. I'm not saying that Drew Brees needs to be a running quarterback. Because I want to make sure I'm making this perfectly clear. Just like I'm not expecting Jameis to be a running quarterback. Just because you scramble for a first down does not mean that you are a running quarterback. Just means that the opportunity presents itself. Guys playing man coverage. Linebackers got their back turned. And you feel like, oh, man, I can get these couple yards because, you know, maybe people just think that I, I won't run. That's what I'm talking about here. Okay. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I want them to be Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or something like that. No, I'm not expecting that out of any one of these guys. But it is a weapon. When a quarterback has that tendency, 
every now and then to run out of the pocket and to slide. We see that with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a pocket quarterback, but if it's like a third and five or a third and four and they need a first down, he's going to get out that pocket and he's going to, uh, you know, be, get that baseball slide going. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. That, that's all I'm saying. No, I'm not, I'm not expecting uh, any one of these guys to be Lamar Jackson. I'm not expecting Drew to be Lamar Jackson. But I do feel like when a game is on the line and the chips are on the table and you're trying to win a game, that is a great weapon to have. Edwards says uh, Drew was a, a slow runner, to be honest. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean, you ain't got to be the fastest guy in the world. I mean, even with Matt Ryan, I'm, I can't believe I'm bringing him up in this conversation. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he'll take off and run and slide, you know, for a first down every now and then, if need be. I just think that, that that's, a wep- that's a valuable weapon to have. When you have a quarterback that's not a statue in the pocket, you know, every for every play. If it's third and six, you know, it's, you know you're going to tuck it and run. You're not going to be like, okay, man, look, I know I can't run. Let me go ahead and, and you know what I'm saying, and try to take this sack or throw this ball out of bounds. You know, that's a weapon to have. It's a weapon to have. And uh, finally, uh, as Cameron, Cameron says, honestly, it's very simple uh, to Patrick Mahomes. He's not considered a running quarterback. But but when it's the opportunity to provide yourself, he takes advantage. And, and that's a huge advantage. And that's a huge advantage, Cameron. And I'll tell you why. It's because how deep safeties play Patrick Mahomes. And also, like, the ability when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire catching the ball out of the backfield, you know, and Williams is catching the ball out of the backfield, the, the linebackers got to roll with those guys. So it opens up the field, you know. And, and Patrick Mahomes isn't ready to run all the time, but – in clutch situations, he does run the football. And I just think that that's something that, you know, teams like in their quarterbacks. They don't want them to run because that's that's the franchise running out of the pocket. And we all know when a defensive player has an opportunity to take a shot on a quarterback, they're going to do it. So I can understand the skepticism and, you know what I'm saying, and, you know what I'm saying, crossing your fingers and hoping nothing serious happened. But when the game is on the line, man, you need a play or you feel like, you know, you can you can catch, you know what I'm saying? You can get that first down to catch the defense sleeping. Why not? But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate it. A uh, special shout out once again uh, to my guy, Mike Rick. Uh, Mike Ricks, if you uh, didn't check out the interview I did with Mike, uh, go ahead and rewind. It's at the very beginning of this podcast. Thank him for being here. We talked a little bit about the Carolina Panthers, the keys to victory for both teams. And uh, some of the things that both teams are doing well. Great conversation, man. Two guys that love football. If you want to hear that conversation came in late, go ahead and feel free to rewind. As they said, Blockbuster, be kind and rewind to the beginning. And also be kind by subscribing to the YouTube channel. (laughs) YouTube.com, search The State of the Saints uh, podcast. Uh, Hit that like button if you like The State of the Saints podcast. Help the podcast to grow. I would really appreciate that. Also, much love to each and every one of you out there. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio.com. Thank you to the fine folks at Manscaped.com. Use that promo code State of Saints, uh, and you'll be able to save 20% off. Uh, we'll have some contests uh, courtesy of Manscaped.com coming up. Uh, you know, this weekend we'll do another contest. So keep it locked to the post game show of the State of the Saints podcast, and we're also going to have a prediction show on Saturday. Uh, We're going to have it on Saturday to break down the Saints game versus the Carolina Panthers. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?